You staying home tonight? I hadn't planned on it, no. Plan on it. Okay, here we go. This is a talk by Chris Stefanik at a Catholic conference, big Catholic conference, Steubenville conference. This this talk was played a huge part in my life when I first saw this. Man, I, I went back and back to this, watch this again and again. So I thought we'd watch it together and just kind of enjoy it. It's been years since I've seen this, um, but I just wanted to go back over it again because it's been so long. And, you know, this is one of those classics. This is one of those classic talks that really changed a lot for me personally. And I think I think for the for, you know, in general, uh, for the Catholic Church, the Catholic youth ministry. I don't know. This was a big deal. So this is talked by Chris Stefanik. It says in. YouTube here that it came out in 2011. That might have been when they uploaded it, but I'm pretty sure this came out earlier. I, th- I think I think I had seen this in high school, maybe it was college, because I graduated college in 2011. I thought I had seen this earlier. I thought I'd seen this in high school, so maybe it got re-uploaded or something. Uh, but here we go. Here we go. Let's just um, okay. Here we go. Yeah. Okay, look at these special effects. God, here we go. This is a talk is broken up. Anyways. <laughs> My boy GK, GK Chesterton said that the Ooh, so he so he hits him with a quote here. GK Chesterton, here we go. So right away, right? Chris Stefanik is up on stage. He's wearing this lucky brand t-shirt. I mean, this I I I swear this is the early 2000s, not after 2010. It's crazy. Crazy background going on here. He's got a guitar. So that really, this is a youth conference, right? A high school youth conference. And so that guitar right there, he brings out the guitar. You know, he's going to be a speaker, and then he brings out the guitar, and everyone's like, whoa, this is going to be different. Um, Go straight into a quote. Go straight into a Christian quote. Here we go. But this will set up the theme of, of this talk, if I remember. Thank you, G.K. Chesterton nerds. Yes. <laughs> He said, the world is dry, not for lack of wonders, but for lack of wonder. Whoa. The most amazing things tend to bore us. And the comedian Louis C.K. said that everything is amazing and no one's happy. Now, now growing up, growing nice. up, one of the only things that consistently amazed me were the people I made my rock gods, my Randy Rhodes. Whoa. Dude. Okay, so right away, so this is great. I love that he does this as a like ex youth minister. Him doing this, this is so good. This is what we call a calculated disengagement, right? So some guy gets up to talk. There's a lot of people at a youth conference that don't want to be there. Some, and then it's like you know, all right, everyone, thanks for being here. Ah, you know, like youth ministry joke, or whatever. And then they say, and next up is our speaker who's gonna cut. You know, and they they're doing everything they can to to break people open and get them to break people open to to get kids engaged and. What Chris does with the guitar and going straight into some of these rock class, you know, these classic rock, um, you know, riffs that are really popular. What Chris does here is is this calculated disengagement. He's in, he's getting people disengaged from whatever they're doing and they're distracted, whatever, and getting them locked in because it's hard to be distracted and and make some joke about some hot chick four rows over when this happens and everyone just reacts right so everyone's caught up so so he's going through these riffs here also right away chris stefanik has the voice of of like a rock god like chris's voice is ridiculous chris sounds like um chris kind of sounds like a cartoon character chris sounds like uh patrick um chris sounds like patrick warburton 
Chris sounds like the the voice of um, Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove. Cartoon characters. Kronk. You know, Kronk in The Emperor's New Groove, that guy knows how to talk to not only the squirrels, but he's well-versed in all the woodland creatures. <laughs> He sounds like Patrick, he sounds like this guy. Like he's got just such a such a deep. Listen to this. The, thank you, G.K. Chesterton nerds. Yes, right. Is, does he not kind of sound like Kronk, like a smarter Kronk, like a little faster paced Kronk? Or Patrick Warburton uh, is also the voice of a dude from uh, what is this Fa- uh, Family Guy? Oh, and Family Guy. Joe's uh, you know he's a professional. Peter, I'm a cop. And I'm a good cop. And Brock's a little... <laughs> oh, that's so Christophanic. He's got well, this guy. This guy's voice. Okay, anyway. So he goes into the... He goes in these ballads here. These to me were the people I made my rock gods. My Randy Rhodes. And he's good. Chris is good at guitar. Amaze me. Oh man, you hear the girl, like the girls, the girls in the crowd, man. Like, all right, chill out. You know, some of the youth ministers, like with the first, the first song, the youth ministers who had brought the chaperones had brought the kids were like, all right, sweet, cool. He's, you know, he's being hip and relevant. But then that second one, some of the girls, it's like, all right, we need to, Hey, we need to scream chastely. Okay. Let's scream with a little chastity. All right. None of this lustful screaming. Slash amazed me. Okay. I don't know. I, I just gotta. I feel like I feel like he bailed on that one. It sounded that one. I don't know. That one made me cringe. I was like, oh, Chris, come on, hit it. The tonality of that one a little bit, but oh man, it's good stuff. It's out there. The music of my generation is so much cooler than the current music. I just. It just is. I mean, he's not wrong, right? I mean, he's not wrong. He's not exactly wrong. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Not- oh, can we talk about this? I love Chris, and I love, uh, I love this little giggle here. All right, wait for this giggle. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Chris, Chris got that little giggle. I think it, it happens. Well, I've heard of, we heard him talk at uh, the Amazing Parish Conference, and he does that little giggle. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Chris, it, it's like my dumb giggle I just did, but Chris will say, and it and um, it makes me laugh even more because he's got such a commanding, like listen to me talk voice. It's like listen to me giggle, like when he he giggles with a, with such authority. <laughs> it's so, uh, it's endearing, really, but also odd. Now, but for the most part, like that—that that was the only thing growing up that consistently amazed me but most things no matter how amazing they are once we experience in them long enough once we get used to them experiencing among them long enough us. now i remember <laughs> no of course some kid yelled free bird wrecked the whole that kid is like no oh my gosh you're not getting pizza free bird uh this is great so things amaze us then he's getting into well but but Pulling it back to the G.K. Chesterton quote, things amaze us, but then once we get used to things, they don't amaze us so much. What's what's up with that? This is you know you know phenomenology, human you know personal like let's take a human experience we all can relate to, right? 
right? And now I'm going to start walking you, put my hand on your lower back and just go, let's start walking towards the gospel message a little bit. Let's just start getting, let's get a little closer. Hi, I'm Chris Stefanik. <laughs> Sometimes you're amazed by classic rock, but what about Jesus, right? That's what's happening right now. And I'm here for it. I'm here for this. Hey, Bird. Someone was, I knew someone was going to say that. Someone was going to say it. <laughs> someone was about, now everyone's shouting out their song. Hanson's Mbop. No Mbop by Hanson. Dude, I, I, seriously, I remember growing up and being amazed at our microwave when we first got one and just standing too close to it and staring at it for too long to explain some things. Yeah, it's true. I'm thinking, there are microwaves speeding up the molecules in my kernel. <laughs> Pop. I mean, just last week I had to stand over my stove like an idiot and stare. Oh, it's a good line. But now I'm used to it, all right? Now it takes too long for it to, you know, heat up my toaster treats and popcorn and stuff like that. You know, to be honest, now that I think about it, I don't really, I don't really get it. He has to stand over his, his stove and stare. I don't know that I get it. Cell phones. I remember first getting a cell phone. Ooh, what kind of I'm cell thinking, phone is this? My voice goes from this device. Okay, now look, that's a flip phone. There's no way Chris was rocking a flip phone in 2011. There's no way. This has got to be like 2008, I don't know, maybe 2000, 2008, 2009, I don't know, 2007 maybe. I mean, the, the first iPhone came out in like, I don't know. I don't think this came out in 2011. Anyways. Into space and down into your phone. And now it takes too long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love Chris's laugh. And something crazy happened to me this morning. What? What happened? I flew here. <gasps> no. Oh. We all know what he meant, though. You know, he flew there, but <laughs> we know. <laughs> and as I fly, I'm wondering, why doesn't my seat go back farther? See, <laughs> I feel like these jokes, though, man. We were really corny back in 2009, huh? I feel like these jokes would not, this would not fly. I'm very impressed. I mean, Chris is great. I mean, he's a professional. He's engaging the crowd. He's got their full attention. Man, I've been in front of some crowds that are hard to get there. I mean, high schoolers are tough to get, especially with the numbers. I mean, there's a lot of people here. And to get that many people's attention, that's tough. But I feel like these jokes, I feel like if I got in front, maybe these jokes still work for Chris, but I feel like if I got up in front of some, you know, get, get up in front of some of them wild, like 2017, 18, 19 high schoolers. This stuff isn't working, man. I don't think it's going to, I don't think this holds. Maybe it would. We'll have to try it. Reverence is one you can stand. Just to be, just to be clear, I'm not going to try Chris Stefanik's jokes in front of high schoolers. That'd be awful. Back from something, let it unfold in front of you and say, wow. Wow. But the closer and closer His we voice. get to experiences and people and things, the less we do that. This tragically happens with people. See, when you're dating, it's very easy Ooh. to say, Whoa, thank you, God, for this person. Thank you, God. You date for a long time, get engaged, get married. You're married for 10 years, married for 13 years, have five kids. It takes effort to stand back and say, Thank you, wow, God, for this person. Really? So There's I a lot of nervous laughter going on there. There's a lot of high schoolers like, Okay. I think I understand that 
if I've been married for a long time, <laughs> it's going to, I don't know. I don't know. I've seen a lot of romance movies. I've seen a lot of rom-coms. I don't know that I understand as an 18 year old, uh, the difficulties of, of enjoying your partner in marriage after 20 or 30 years of being married, but it worked. There's some nervousness there. A lot of, I do a lot with youth ministry. I mean, you know, been doing youth ministry for a long time. Any youth ministry freaks out there? Hey, hey. I have no idea what's wrong with you people. Hey. But that's all good. Don't say that. You know, sometimes it is said, every once in a while, teens don't revere their parents. Hmm. I know, you've heard of this happening. <laughs> but they get so close to their parents, so used to them. It's like, oh, she's mom. She has no feeling. She's like a fish. You can poke her in the eye. She won't even notice. That's a good man. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't funny. That was wrong. That was a good one, man. I'm just imagining my mom as a as a fish, as like a dead fish with an eye. Well, just a fish with an eye that won't blink. And damn, that's that was good. I like that. We get used to people. We stop even seeing them. We stop being amazed. The most amazing things start to bore us as we get used to them. We grow up hearing about God. Oh, now this is the turn. Here's the turn here. All right, so now we've turned. We're starting to. We're ha- we're like more than halfway through the segment here, but he's turned. You know, now he's bringing up the big G word here in front of high schoolers. All right, and now he's going to show that same experience you have. Yes, that was, so you're tracking with him. He's like, here's proposition A, valid. Proposition B, valid. Proposition C, three, valid. And now he's going to throw in the word God. And what's going to happen is people in the audience are going to go, wait, uh, but why am I agreeing to that? I'm agreeing that, yeah, I don't think God is that cool or that wonderful, awe-inspiring. And now Chris is going to start, start turning it here and really giving it to him. We should be amazed. We should be freaked. Gosh, his whisper voice there. We should, we should be amazed. It's, too, it's just too good. He was built for this. We, we should, how could he whisper like that, but still be deep and like, and like Kronk from the Emperor's New Group. We should be amazed that there is an actual maker of the universe. Okay. Now, I don't don't mean to offend anyone here because I don't think all atheists are stupid, but I think atheism is stupid. Oh, dang. It's kind of like a flea that doesn't believe in the dog. I mean, I I believe in the dog. Okay, now, okay. (laughs) Okay, now this stuff about atheism here, you have to understand, as a a college-age kid, or maybe I was in high school, whatever, as a young person, this stuff here where he starts getting into atheism, and kind of refuting it, challenging it. This meant a lot to me. This was this was huge for me. Just, and I know it sounds, I don't know, this was important to me. The, like this section here, I remember this. And that atheism is like the flea that doesn't believe in the dog. And I know some people will say, you know, Christian speakers or Catholic speakers or, or like in an audience like this, that some of these arguments, if you were to sit down and write this out, that, okay, well, maybe this is like a straw, this is a straw man argument, or this is not, this is kind of unfair, or maybe not a very substantial intellectual argument. Um, the, you know, it's kind of a straw man that that atheists don't believe the type of atheism that Chris is proposing here. But I want to tell you this, man. When I was younger, I knew a lot of straw men. 
I knew I knew a lot of I had friends that believed in an atheism that was as that was the type of atheism that Chris is proposing here. So yeah, I mean I didn't know a lot of um Richard Dawkins or Christopher Hitchens type folk, but I also but I knew people that had just as um uncomplex of arguments for atheism as the you know uncomplex arguments for Christianity that I had. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't have smarter, more philosophically robust or rigorous argumentation or, you know, um, yeah, arguments for God's existence. But I'm just saying when when you have someone quipping like this about atheism, it feels great at the time. Like I didn't know I, I hadn't heard of anyone talking this way about atheism. It was huge for me as a young kid to hear this. I mean, it was huge, huge, you know, someone playing guitar you know, quoting some smart people and then, and funny and doing anyways, this was really for better or for worse. Some people might think, right. Uh, this was really huge for me. Huge dog. All I see are these hairs and this back that goes up. <laughs> I don't see a dog. It's Cause you're this big. It's why you don't see a dog. Oh, he just called atheists insects. So wrap your mind around that. One of Einstein's assistants said that saying all this could come about from a random series of explosions is like saying an unabridged dictionary could come from a print shop explosion. <laughs> what was that? Oh, print shop exploded. Paper, ink, bindings flying through the air. Whoa, a dictionary. Whoa. Whoa. He does like a Keanu. Whoa. 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 I love this. He, I think... I've heard him do this multiple times. I think he does this in like a confirmation series, a study series. I think he he does this whole bit here. It's a it's good, man. I like this. <laughs> On a molecular level, your fingernail is more complicated than a library of dictionaries. Oh shoot! This stuff's real. I don't know what that means. Freak- See, a lot of high schoolers in the audience going, "Wow, I'm not sure what that means." But that sounds impressive. That is, that was, and that was me, man. Listening to this, I'm like, that sounds impressive. This, this whole universe freaks me out. All right, really. I mean, we're, we're this, according to physicists, we're, this, we're in this bubble of space and time. Whoa. The universe isn't expanding through space or like time waiting for us to get to it. Oh, I love this. There's no space or time out there. Even time's a part of the physical universe. It's all just this bubble expanding in the hands of God. And before the Big Bang, physicists agree. There, there wasn't, like, space and time waiting. There was nothing. Check this out. I, re- I was reading this in this, like, fun little, you know, astronomy book. It said this. The Big Bang itself. Wait, can we just stop there? I was reading this in this fun little astronomy book. That either means he completely forgets what book it was or he doesn't want to mention it, right? But we're setting up the greatest line of this whole talk, the, the, the most memorable thing. From this entire talk that stuck with me for years. Stuck with all of us for years. Okay. It works on so many levels. It ticks all my boxes of, well, I'll just, we'll just get to it. But it, it, it's a good line. And man, it haunted me for years. Here we go. We're setting this up right now. Occurred according to latest estimates 13.7 billion years ago. There was nothing, that, that was the moment of creation, not only for matter but space and time itself. There was nothing outside or before the Big Bang because the Big Bang was all there ever was or had been. Mm. Oh, really? 
You're telling me a Big Bang Big Banged itself 13.7 years ago? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Years ago. <laughs> and billions of years pass, and now there are rational creatures walking around Baltimore drinking Starbucks? <laughs> oh, oh, oh my gosh. I don't know where that comes from. Let's Google this. Oh my gosh. That line killed me. Killed me. The big bang, big banged itself. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What triggered the big bang? The big bang big banged itself. Oh, as a high schooler with a with a perverted brain just here like on so many levels I could not believe he said that. And he pro- I don't know. I don't know how much of this he intended, but that was the best line ever as, you know, a young kid struggling through either college or high school, like struggling to hold on to my Christianity and having to face atheism and really and nihilism and agnosticism, just really having to figure out like and wrestle with these things and wrestle with doubt man hearing that line you're telling me the big bang big banged itself oh that was fire this was fire i must have i must have quoted this to people 200 many times a week after this because it was you're telling me the big bang, big banged itself. Oh, it hits all my Venn diagrams of like, it's not explicitly explicit, but it's like, it like really catches you off guard a little bit of like, whoa, what, what are we, do you know what, how did, what? And, oh man, this line, if, if Chris doesn't have this on a t-shirt, he needs to, he needs to have this on a t-shirt. You're telling me the big bang, big banged itself and just straight face. Oh, gosh, I love that. By itself? <laughs> Starbucks. It just kind of happened? No, but evolution disproves God. I mean, right? Because we know st- stuff evolved by itself. So then there's no... Tell me this. Check this out. What's cooler? What's cooler? A God who could take a ball of clay and say, a rhino. All right. Okay, right. Or a God who could say, hey, watch what this ball of gas does. And evolution and Big Bang and all that stuff happened. Dude, I have never been able to produce anything life-giving with my balls of gas. Oh, dang. Again, coming in hot with, with Chris's balls of gas. <laughs> Listen. Dude, Chris is crushing. This talk is crushing. Like, Crushing. I don't, I mean, look, I've, I've heard some good talks in my lifetime. I've heard a lot of talks. Um, but this, this set, this talk, this, this talk crushed, crushed, and it still holds up, but man, it crushed. I mean, you can hear people are dying. And he's, but what's cool, what's so amazing about it is he's still proving a point. And this is what good entertainers or celebrities, you know, not celebrities, what good entertainers, what good stand-up comedians do is, is they're setting up a point, right? They're set, they're, they're proving a point. They're bringing you along. Like Joe Rogan talks about this a lot, that uh, stand-up comedy is like a form of hypnosis or a form of mind control because 
you're kind of sneaking in a back door through laughter and you're getting people to acknowledge certain things and kind of setting up, you know, like, like thing after thing. Uh, it's like, uh, what's that guy? Uh, Hassan Min- Minaj, Hassan Minaj. Um, I heard an interview, an interview with Hassan Minaj and he said he was, I, th- I think he was really into debate or, or debate club. And one thing he said was that stand up comedy was a lot like debate because, you know, you set up your, you're setting up your, um, yeah, your propositions, you're setting up your, your thesis or your whatever you're, you're setting up your, your statements to build up towards this argument. And you're just building up and kind of setting, setting the stage and you're doing it in a fun, you're just doing it in a funny way. You're setting up like in a debate, you're setting up here, you know, here's point, point one, point two, point three, building up to something. And Chris is just crushing this, right? Like he's brought us from guitar to engage us and then bringing us and, and making people laugh about the real, like it's, it's real. Like the things he's saying, you have to acknowledge as hilarious, right? And it's just crushing. Like, it's so good. Um, yeah, just good. Just a classic, classic talk here. I have no idea. I have no idea why. I have no idea why there's a God as opposed to there being nothing. I, I don't know. But I know this beyond the shadow of a doubt. If there is a painting, there is an artist. If there's a book, there's an author somewhere. It didn't write itself. If there's a universe, there is a... God creator. Cool. This stuff's real. And this should amaze us. This should freak us out. It really should. That we're on this, on this, on this, in this ball of space and time, on this rock floating through space, in the hands of God, who made us with a purpose. Okay. Now look. Uh, also, uh, you know, there, there are probably some high schoolers there, some, some high schoolers dabbling with atheism. But for the most part, these are, these are kids that came to a conference because someone in their life, somehow they're connected to church. Somehow they showed up at youth group or their parents made their, something and then someone invited them. So, so they're kind of like they're, they have one foot in the door still. And so while... Yes, when you grow up and you read more books, it's not it's not that easy to just say there's an art you know artwork, there's an artist, you know, there's a song, there's a musician, there's a whatever. There's a sculpture, there's a sculptor, there's a universe, therefore, right? Like it doesn't that's not the most lock solid. But for a lot of these a lot I mean for me, I'll just say for me, for me hearing this it like it just gave me a little more, it gave me a little more traction on my, on my sneakers to just, okay. All right. Like it just helped me stand back up just a little bit. And you know what? Like say what you will. I mean, it's not like a lot of the stuff he's saying. I mean, it's not, yeah, I don't know why I'm def- I mean, this doesn't need to be defended, but I just, I just feel like you really need to, to know that, to know that, you know, talks like this. Yeah. Anyways, I don't need to be apologetic. I don't need to be one of those apologetic Catholics, right? There's so many of you out there, unapologetic Christians and unapologetic Catholics. But yeah, this talk, man, this thing, this was fire. This was just fire. Christophanic, man. This was a good talk, and I hope you enjoyed it. You know, there's more to this. I mean, there's it's a longer, I mean, this is just eight minutes. There's It's a longer uh, talk. I couldn't really find the whole thing. I mean, it'd be too much to walk through the whole thing. But this is a great one, man. If you have other classic talks or like class, like a classic homily or a classic talk, classic something, 
you know, not too long, but something that we, we could kind of give some commentary. You want me to give a reaction to, or just kind of break down a little bit. I want to do some more of these too, just kind of breaking down certain talks, giving some of the, some of the theory behind it or the, you know, the catechetical or I don't know, just some of the, just breaking it down a little bit. I think that'd be fun. So we're going to be doing a few more of these. Chris, thank you for what you do. Oh gosh. This is, this was, this was great. This, this was, this was good. This was one of those classics that just really, it was big for me. It was huge. Stayed with me. So you're saying the big bang, big banged itself. Once you take that home and tell your parents that, right? <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. See you next time.